Okay, with musician Michaela Betts, uh, The Rose Darker is, is the music video that played the Experimental Dance uh, Music Film Festival of ours. It was directed by Hilary Campbellin. Is that how I pronounce her last name? Uh, fantastic, fantastic uh, uh, experimental film So uh, in music video. So I'm so curious, like obviously the music came first. And when have you made music videos before with your music? Uh, yeah, I did one, a collaboration with a Parisian digital creator when we, uh, and he was an AI creator. So I kind of met him on Instagram. So I did one video before, but Hillary was a new um, relationship and we met on Instagram. So I kind of got into the AI world a little bit because um, I find it fascinating. And I think also working on a budget, um, being an indie writer like myself, you can't always afford to have a full length music video. So um, for my view, AI is an incredible tool. But we didn't, we had all the source footage first. And Hillary um, has made some wonderful stuff. I found her because she was working with dancers and I uh, used to teach in a musical theatre college and I work in musical theatre and write for theatre. And I thought working with a dancer for this piece um, would go really well with what the song was about. And it had a kind of fluidity to it that I found really interesting. So let's talk about the song first. When did you when did you first write it? When did you first write the song? The song had been brewing for years. So I wrote its first incarnation probably about 10 years ago, but I wasn't brave enough to sing it. Um, and then I kind of lost my confidence in myself and rebuilt my confidence. And then the song came out and we recorded it in lockdown. Um, so we've got a studio, which I'm sitting in now. And we were like, you know what? This needs to just be out there. Um, and then, the yeah, the music video side. I mean, the, the song is a very strong uh, story. It's got very strong narrative to it. It's very poetic. So it seemed only natural to seek somebody out, a female, because it's kind of very female centered, yeah. um, that would be able to enhance and add and bring another depth to kind of, you know, engage in with the music. And it's done that. It's it's very beautiful, I think. So, okay, so the the, the, the thematic or the, the, the story is about uh, kind of, lot of a lost childhood, I guess, right? It's exactly that. Yeah, it's based on a real thing. And um, it was about having your life being split in two. So it really is a, a true to life encounter with the wolf. It's the Red Riding Hood goes into the woods, has the encounter, comes back, she's changed, her life is different. Um, and I wanted, I was really interested in, um, I've got an album coming out called Dark Nature. And I was brought up in a very remote part of North Yorkshire where you're very close to death and life. Um, and that was a big part of the storytelling in the song and in the music, that kind of isolation, I think, was a big part of that. And playing piano by myself, not seeing many people, being really kind of, I don't know, surrounded by nature, really. Um, and that fear as well about, you know, what happens at night, like the sounds of the wild, um, stuff like that all kind of merged together. Wow, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, it can be. But <laughs> Don't move to Yorkshire. But it's your experience, though, I guess, right? Like, it's your childhood, right? So Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Um, and it's real. And that's why it took so long for it to come out. But then once it's born, it's lovely because you let go of it. It becomes a piece, mm. doesn't it? And you go, oh, I don't know if I even wrote that. Yeah, is that, is that I get it 100%. Yeah. It's, it, it, but it's also like, then you just embrace it. And it's like, then you're kind of talking about it. 
it's not even you anymore, right? Because it's like you've given it, you've given it off to some something else, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. I love that feeling of just it now exists as its own entity and you can kind yeah. of free yourself in a way. Yeah, it's very therapeutic, I guess, right? Yeah, it is. It is. It's just the labor takes quite a while. It's like a very long drawn out labor. We're like, oh, is this ever going to come out? And, you know, you know, um, filmmaking and music making, they're very similar. Um, I like I enjoy the writing part. I enjoy the initial creative hit and the ideas. I don't enjoy the midway part of the process at all. I get really uncomfortable. But then when it's finished and it's out there, it's like, oh, great. Lovely. Yeah, it is, it is. I guess it is similar because you kind of you develop the the story, develop the song, and then you kind of in pre-production to produce the song. And then there's all these moving parts and, and you want things to be perfect, but they're never going to be perfect. And then and then you have to find that's the bottom, exactly right? It. That's exactly it. Yeah. And, and that kind of, yeah, that that's the discomfort and disease that I feel in that part of the process. And then also when when the piece is born in whatever state it is, you have to accept that. So you can have all these grand ideas about, well, it's going to be this, it's going to be that. And it's quite romantic, isn't it, to talk about what your project might be. Yeah. But then when it actually exists and people interact and they watch it, you can't, that's it. It's, it's done in that, you know, uh, version of it at least. And that can be sometimes quite hard because you go, well, I didn't see it coming out like this, you know. Let's, so let's talk about the music videos you met. You met uh, Hillary on Instagram? Yes. So she was following the other digital creator that I'd worked with before. And I was kind of looking for other people to work with. And she popped up and she did these really cool short videos with dancers and with inanimate objects that she'd made animate. So there would be like a, a porcelain figure mm. that was gyrating. And I thought, that's absolutely fascinating. I love that. Um, and I just said, hello. And she got back to me straight away and said she loved this one song. She listened to some other songs of mine and she said she connected with it and she was really keen to collaborate. And then we set about going back and forth over email um, with some direction of what she would need to actually turn it into a film. So she was saying, why don't you try this? And because I'm going to be animating using these tools, yeah. these, shot these shots work better than those shots. Um, and then we just fooled around and we did most of the filming and uh, me and the dancer, Chrissy Brooke, who I've worked with for years. I was her singing teacher um, uh, in musical theatre school days. We kept in touch. Uh, we just played around, actually, um, and we experimented and we did a lot of the filming here in my studio, which is a shipping container. And then we hired a white walled brick studio in South London. And then we did most of the dance shots just on my iPhone in that space wow so i watched the film i don't know if you've seen it uh waking like the richard linklater film I, I love that film yeah it remind when i first saw your film it reminded me of it and not, not that it even it's the same thing but where it's like there's like their what he did is that they had the actors kind of do their thing and then he kind of animated exactly. over the actors right yes exactly that and, and this this is yeah so and it's great you mentioned that because it, i was a big fan of rotoscoping have you heard okay. of that which was the original lord of the rings animated movie um which came out when i was a kid and that was there were some horses that were animated and they were drawn over the real horses and it used to scare scare me to death 
but it but it's the, it, it works thematically for your film because it's like it like it 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 matches I don't know what the collaboration was between you and Hillary, but it was like it's the perfect music video for this 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 song because it's like it it, it all it all thematically matches. That's why it was the, that's why it has that punch to it, if that makes sense. That's lovely to hear, actually. Because I think, yeah, that's really lovely to hear because I think it needs to heighten and flow together with the music. And I think it does that really well. But Hillary spent ages and ages editing and going back and forth and cutting and animating. I mean, she was using different, I'm not an animator, but she was trying out uh, different programs and tools and would be sending back to me things saying, what do you think of this look? What do you think of that look? And that took yeah. a while going back and forth to get the animation style right. And she used, she ended up using Warp Fusion and she used, I think it's Absinthe, which is an Adobe program for the lip syncing. Because a lot of people commented on how the lip syncing looked good with my, with me singing. And that took her a while and she, that was hard for her to get yeah. that to work. <laughs> and people say AI movies are like, like just like that. Right. But it's like, I, this is probably my fifth film by conversation with an AI movie. And it takes a long time to do a lot of labor, a lot of intensive labor. That said, it's like, it's cheaper, obviously. Right. Then yes. animating yeah. yourself. But meaning that, but at the same time, it's like it takes it's very labor intensive. Absolutely. And I think that, again, it's just their tools. I mean, you can to me, like the source yeah. footage of the music and the, the dance and the choreography that Chrissy has done. Um, the source footage is already there. That's not been created from nothing. We have created that as human beings. Um, Hillary is a human being editing it and directing it. So AI really has brought almost another creative person into the team if that makes sense and yeah. another thing i love about ai is it will do things like with my video before it was a very different style of ai and it came back with images that i never would have imagined that i went oh my god that's so cool that's brilliant what that has just brought back to me and then that informs me to then riff on that idea and so it, to me it's just part of the creative process it will never replace no, it just can't. It's, it no. doesn't make any sense, you know. Yeah. There's something. There's a lot of misunder. I'm glad you're saying that because there's a lot of misunderstood from the normies, right? From the, <laughs> from the average person on the street who think that oh, they're, what what the AI is going to do is just going to they're just going to make movies now, and then everybody else is going to be out of a job. But it's like, yeah, you could do that. No, I mean, no, no, no but it doesn't. It's not that simple, it right? Like, yeah, it's not. It's really not that simple because yeah. then even then. You would still need to be a creative person to be able to make the movie without actors in it. So you're still being creative. Yeah. There's still a human being working the AI. So yeah. you can't just have AI on its own. But no, not at all. I think it's exploded a whole world of possibilities. Sure. And I find it really, really exciting. And as I say, if you're on a budget, you know, I've got an animator friend of mine and we had a chat about realistically what she would need to be paid and it's not that I'm not working with her. I am working with her. But the budget, even on a micro budget, was just out of my league unless we get a film studio on board. You know, that's the reality of it. Yeah. I can't do it myself. So, yeah. you know, this felt like a good option, really. But this has been going on for a long, like like CGI, like uh, people can just change everything on their Adobe editing system now. 20 years ago, that was impossible, right? 
You can, yeah. you can add people like you do. You can do add anything to to to. So it's just like this has been happening for a long time. It's just another extension of the tool for the filmmaking tool. But like I said, I just wanted to get that on the record. It's like there's a lot of misconception about what kind of AI films are up were are about, right? Like it's like she probably spent Hillary probably spent thousands of hours kind of working on this film, right? She did. She really did. It was late night. Four she minutes absolutely- long. Yeah. She was exhausted at the end and she's like, I need a break. And I went, uh, Hillary, do you want to do another collaboration? She went, uh, <laughs> yeah. I need a rest. Because uh, it's labor it, it, intensive. It's the, it's the same thing, really, just new tools, you know? And there's, a, um, there's an emotional exhaustion as well, right? Because you're telling this intense story, right? So Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I always need, for even making music in theatre, I need a, t- a, t- a moment in time where I'm not thinking about that project anymore for a month, couple of months, and then I can come back to it and go, oh, I really like that again now. But I think that's the same with anyone when you're fully immersed in a project. Um, but no, AI, I think is, uh, you can't just say AI. It's a huge world. It's it's multi-layered. You know, there are very different types of AI, you know, so I think it's, uh, it's yeah, it's very exciting. So the theme, there's a theme of the of the is it a wolf like in the, in, the, in the film like the animal that keeps kind of creeping up or transforming into into you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the feeling was is that when you've had a trauma, when something bad has happened, and you've been made to do it to yourself, uh, to be very kind of crude about what it's about, is that you become the monster. So, and anyone who's experienced. Uh, a kind of sexual predator or anything like that it it kind of infects your whole being your whole body so you it's it's you almost become that yourself and I thought that was a really fascinating idea that Red Riding Hood is the wolf you know like it's in it it's in me and it's in you for the rest of your life so how do you manage and channel and process that darkness when it was something external that then becomes internal, a bit like PTSD, people who experience post-traumatic stress, they're reliving in real time an event, you know, that happened ages ago and it's vivid and it's real and it's now. And I'm fascinated by that, you know, and haunted by it at the same time. And I think the video shows that. You just gave me an idea, the Little Red Riding Hood sequel where she does have PTSD, PTSD, right? She does get eaten, right? So she's going to have brilliant. some trauma after that, that, right? So I think that's bloody brilliant. I want to nick that. Yeah, you could take it. It's yours. Thank uh, you. I will. No, because it's <laughs> it's because there's something there, right? So it's like they don't there, talk there about is. that. Yeah, no, the trauma. That's right. yeah. Exactly right. And if you read, like, I've read a lot of Grimm's fairy tales. I don't know if you've ever read the original fairy tales. They are yeah. so disturbing. Yeah, they are. Messed up nothing resolves you get this weird scary things happening to people people kind of changing into monsters and the psychology of it all it's you know it's really disturbing but i love it i love that stuff i'm like but it tells you with the tells you where the mindset of the p- people during that time when those stories came out right so yeah, yeah. that's a really really good point yeah. actually it's like what was going on in society at that time for those stories to be written yeah Basically, back then you you were born and then you had kids and then you died, right? So it was like it was very quick lives. Yes, right? yeah. So <laughs> I, I, if anything, now if you're looking at filmmaking as a greater whole, as a comment on where we're at as a species, oh my god, 
I mean, that's why we're getting so many psychological end of world Armageddon virus stories. And, you know, um, it's uh, it's a comment, isn't it, on what we're experiencing right now? Hundred percent. So, when yeah. she was making the film, were you kind of like, was she giving you like uh, moments where you kind of like giving her your two cents? Like, how was the process for you when she was making the film? Hillary was amazing. We had a lot of freedom, and I also said to her, "You have absolute creative freedom as well." But I'm not going to tell you what to do or what not to do. Um, it was it was really easy, and she just threw lots of ideas and said, "Try this, try that." As I say, this shot works. You need a plain background for that. That's not going to work with AI. That will work. I can do this. I can't do that. And we just we just ran with it and we had fun. But I think all of us knew the source material really well. Like everybody knew what the song was about. They knew the backstory, the context, um, every lyric. It, it, there wasn't a kind of stone unturned with it, really. That was before we even started working on it. I think we'd all really talked it through what this piece was about and I think that really helped so it wasn't you know I've worked on projects before where it's un unveiling itself as you go along which mm -hmm. is terrifying but exciting this didn't feel like that it didn't feel like it was like we knew what it was at the start if that makes sense so where did you so Chrissy Brooke was one of the she was a stand-in uh act performer yeah, so Chrissy Brooke is a choreographer and a dancer. Uh, she's just come off uh, stage with Mark Rylance, who's an amazing actor. She was a, uh, an actress in Dr. Semmelweis. And I worked with her. Uh, she was a singing student of mine years ago. And she and we kept in touch. And I was always really intrigued um, by her and her work. She's so physical um, and expressive and fearless. And that's just what I needed was for her to just go, right don't have any hang-ups here this is this is what we're going to do and we're going to play and she yeah she took all of those kind of animalistic elements um and childlike qualities in the song as well and she's she's the person who's dancing and moving and you know yeah. all the way through. so she brought so much to it so she was kind of like a protege to you back like uh yeah yeah, she was, which is kind of cool. You taught you taught dances. You taught dance as well, and then she was. I wish, I wish I taught dance. I'm a terrible dancer. I taught singing, okay, so she was gotcha. training. Yeah, I wish she was training to be a musical theatre performer, and she'd come in and I'm like, oh, I can't sing. I've got a horrible voice. I was like, no, you've got a great voice, and we kept in touch. That was years ago. We've known each other for like twenty years, something like that. And how's her singing voice now? It's still gorgeous. She doesn't think it is. <laughs> it's proper rock chick yeah. you know all the greats think that they're not good right so that's how it works i know bowie apparently hated the sound of his own voice i loved bowie's voice that was fab of course but that's what it's about yeah. it's, it's the pursuit of excellence which you can never obtain that's why exactly. they they're they're always self-deprecating because it, it motivates them to do more right yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah, if you perfect, it's what you said about the creative process. There is no perfect. I mean, what is that? Nothing. Nothing's ever really finished, is it? It's finished when you say it's finished. Yeah. No, it's you abandoned. You abandoned your your uh, your, your your projects. You don't finish them. Yes. Yeah. That that sounds right. Yeah. That's sort of that's the thing. That's the mo, right? So because that's what the people have to read. Like sometimes people have to abandon their projects and they don't want to. And then they, they spent a year of their lives not changing anything. Cause it's like, they're looking for something that, that doesn't exist. Right. So. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And I've had I've done things that I thought were so throwaway as well. This is how weird the world is. If anyone thinks they understand the world of social media and engagement, they are lying or they have so much money that they just keep chucking stuff out there all the time and it doesn't matter. But I've done so many things that are such casual ideas. You go, oh, just I'll just record that little bit of harpsichord or I'll do a little outtake. And that stuff gets so much more <laughs> engagement than the things that I can grind and you know but then right. oh, that's a whole that's a whole other subject in itself because ultimately you want to be throwing good work out there so it of doesn't course. matter if people get it or not you go but i like it yeah exactly and then sometimes it always depends on the moment where you live in our lives right sometimes something comes out and it just it resonates to what's happening in the world right so yes that's it that's exactly it and then you're kind of into the slipstream and then off you go you know yeah like this song, this song is perfect for now. Like, and it's actually the perfect video because it's it's innovative, it's changed, but at the same time, it's it's going to stand a test of time. Meaning that it's not going to the the quality is not going to age. The the you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to. It's just it's, it's art. It's there's an artistry to the to the creation, so it doesn't. It's not going to like lose its luster in like twenty years from now. That's very kind of you to say that. Um, I think it's a capture of what's happening at the moment. And I also think it's really interesting that we've made it as AI is becoming so prominent. So it'd be really interesting in, say, five, 10 years time to go, what's now going on in the world of AI yeah. animation? Where has this gone? You know, how has it evolved? Yeah, it's like special effects back in the 80s where it was like, kind of, you watch them now and it's kind of cheesy, right? But so when you're doing these movies, you got to make sure that they don't, nothing gets aged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah movie. definitely yeah. Like, like I'm a huge uh, Stanley Kubrick fan like massive like there's no one who compares to him in my life I mean maybe uh, I'm trying to think uh Coppola Francis Ford Coppola but uh Kubrick for me I'll watch a Kubrick movie now I'll still be in awe and I'll still think this has not aged it still looks absolutely divine yeah the palette the styling it's just flawless and I think it will always be like that yeah. so he's like the pinnacle of, of of artistry for me and always he, will be he switches genres but he also like creates new worlds right like even even uh his last film which is set in new york city eyes wide shut he gives yeah. it a little twist right like it's like it's, it's it's a it's a version that we've never seen before so that's why it stands the test of time oh it's just lush it's rich i can't get enough of kubrick and i will just find something new every time i watch a film I go oh I missed that little touch or that scene or that that, that moment of or, or the wardrobe or whatever it is but yeah it always set a mood a very strong atmosphere um and that was art and that will never change that will always be there so even if you think it was made in the 70s or I don't know when eyes wide shut was that the 90s yeah it was 90 it was like he died like I think a week before it came out I think it was 90 97 or 98 yeah yeah, that's right. So even though there'll be things that you know it was made then, it will still stand the test of time just because it's so well crafted. Yeah. And like yeah. The, Sh the Shining was like, uh, was was panned as a horror film when it came out. It was, that's right. And now it's like, a, it's a classic because it's like people give it, it's it still resonates today, like that that, that concept, right? So. Absolutely. And those scenes have, have influenced so many other filmmakers, haven't they? You see them everywhere. So we sent you the audience, uh, the audience feedback. What did you think about what our audience had to say about your film? It was really nice to hear feedback because you're in your own bubble when you're making. And it was lovely to see people engaging with the work. 
um, and commenting on the themes and saying that it flowed, that the editing and the direction were really good and that they got the story. Because um, you don't know, you're so close to it. You know what it's about, but you don't know if other people are going to pick up on things. So the feedback was lovely. It made me feel like I wasn't in an echo chamber anymore. Um, you know, so it was great. Actually, yeah, I got a lot out. It gave me a boost. I was, I'm not going to lie. I was feeling a bit kind of flat, like there's, you know, I didn't have any money to make anything else. I was like, oh, exhausted. And you go, okay, right, it's all right. You can, you can keep going. You can do something else. Well, hopefully you keep making movies. This is we're collaborating because this is pretty fantastic. So I'm I'm, I'm glad you, you started submitting the festivals. I hope it's doing well and uh, hope it gets seen by as many people as possible. Thanks very much. It's been lovely to talk to you. Do you make films as well? I used to back in the day, but this is my this is my thing now. So make movies. Go make some more stuff. <laughs> All right. Have a good, thank you very much for that. Have a good one, Pleasure. and we'll talk Pleasure. soon. All right. Talk soon. One, two, three, four, five, six.